Yeah, which creates even more resentment, and I've been witness to managers complaining about other managers to employees, which is a terrible working relationship. But for me, I don't understand whenever saying to an employee, this is what we're doing because I said so makes sense. As an employee, I know that means something to you, Dad. I know there's something there. What the smirk? The, the smirk. The gives smirk. Gideon, Gideon. I want to hear from Gideon first because this is this. He said, and I quote: "This makes me want to run into the woods and hide." Is that <laughs> not? I did not say that. Run into that the woods and live quote. in the woods is what he said. I would. I would want to live in the woods with <laughs> not just hide. nobody else controlling my life. I am self-sufficient, but yeah. Hey, this this honestly, and and the reason why I'm smiling because this is honestly why I've left big money jobs, and why there's times that I stay at low low money jobs. Welcome. To Adulting Decrypted, the show where we break down the complex code of common conundrums into logical living in an effort to decrypt the code we call adulting. We are your hosts. I'm Gideon, and I like to ride BMX. I'm Gene, and I enjoy theater. I'm Roscoe, the dad. I enjoy spending time outside. My name's Ashton, and I am a percussion major at the University of Utah. All right, thanks for joining us at Adulting Decrypted. Today we're going to talk about something that actually, funnily enough, is something I've been having to deal with at work. And um, I wasn't even thinking about that when I first started researching this topic. Um, and then as I was reaching, researching the topic, I realized, ah, oh, <laughs> I have a lot of things would, I need to would learn. Would you like to share the topic? I'm getting there. Just, wait, okay. wait, wait, wait. I'm, I, like, I was, as I was researching, I was like, you know, this is something that I realized I'm worse at than I thought I was. I always like to think I was pretty good at this thing, um, but I, I discovered that I'm not incredibly good at that. And so... Did the well, research make it a self-fulfilling prophecy, or do you think that it uh, preceded it? The... the uh, the research definitely exposed some things that I haven't been doing correctly. Awesome. Um, for me. So, if you've waited this long, you're curious and you want to know what the topic is. Well, the topic is maintaining good relationships or resolving conflict with those who can tell us what to do. Namely, bosses, teachers. Wives. Wives. Spouses. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, maybe that's not as applicable. But oh, yeah. We'll leave, we'll leave the... Uh, love you, hon. Yeah. We'll leave her out of it this time. Lita, Lita probably would have something to say about that. She'd have a... Yeah, that's a, a good point. She would have She would have gave me that look, yeah, which Lita, we got a few times on the podcast. Lita did our dating episode not too long ago, so... Yep, that was a good one. Go check that out. Um, yeah, so that's what we're talking about today. Um, and to start... Um, when, when it comes to, actually, I guess I'll, I'll pull the room first. When you think of teachers, managers, bosses, etc., in your past life experiences, do you have a good view of those relationships? Do you have a bad view of those relationships or is it a mix? And tell me what and why, please. So I'm actually going to start, um, with teachers, it kind of depends for me because I'm like, well, some teachers are really cool and I don't really mind talking to them and they can like give me assignments. But I've always had like a sore um, idea of bosses and people like telling me what to do because just hearing that makes me go, uh, I want to go live in the woods, you know. 
<laughs> Someone tells Gideon what to do, he takes off into the mountains. Yeah. Now I know why he goes up in mountain bikes. Dad told him what to do. I like that, Gene. You can't tell me what to do. Um. Well, I feel like it's a mix for me because, I mean, I've had a manager for a little bit, but I really kind of got to know them. Not really, but it wasn't really a bad or good vibe. It was just kind of like a, I, you're my manager, sweet. Uh, but then like teachers, it depends on what they're doing and if they're passionate about it, if it's like a good relationship or not. So for you, your teachers have been a good relationship if they're passionate about what they're doing. Yeah. And so in the inverse of that scenario, when it's a bad relationship, do you have anything that you can think you can point to as to why it wasn't working for you and your teacher? They didn't care about said subject or students. So so what... Sorry, I don't mean to be interrogating no, you. This go is, ahead. I think this just sets a good base ground for us, but... What to you tipped you off that that teacher did not care? What made you feel like that teacher didn't care? Um, lack of contact, like, with student basis or, like, instead of being like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Or even if it's a lecture class, which some of them are, if they don't have, like, eye contact or... You can tell when someone's, like, actually invested in what they're saying and they, they believe it. But other times they're like, eh, I have to tell you this because I'm getting told to do it by somebody else. I imagine cool. what you're trying to say is, like, the tone they're using. And I bet you posture has a lot, especially when you can, like, see them. If it's a video call, it's probably different. But when you can see them, I bet you their posture has a lot to do with that. You can see posture in video calls. <laughs> It's true, yeah. So yeah, I think just... I, I think that's a great a great point, you know. And the, all those different little things can hint at whether or not someone is truly engaged in the subject and in your success. How about you, Dan? There's an old adage that says that they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care, right? And I think that that's true for me with my bosses. If I think my boss has a vested interest in me, and and cares about me as an individual and knows a little bit about me or a little bit about what. I'm trying to accomplish or even what the client wants, then I feel like I can get more invested with them. But, um, you know, I, I, Gideon and I might have, might be related a little bit. I struggle with a boss who tells me what to do versus a boss that tells me why I'm doing something. Yeah. I realized about what Gene was saying about if they actually care. I was like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. If you have like somebody who is leading you along, but also listens and, and cares, yeah. I, I think that it gets kind of rid of that negative yeah but i think you know i think when we hear the word boss you know we think of steve carell maybe in the office you know we might think of um i'm trying to think of other bad bosses you know he's he's more different than he is bad you know but but there's a there's the, like a bad boss i rule over you yeah kind of telling you what to do telling you what to to think how to act you know we think a lot of like old factory jobs where you're like, you have to work from here to here. You have to do this to this. Um, so when I think of bosses, are they good or bad? Um, I would have to say I have a mix and I have a good relationship with most, most of my past bosses. Like if I saw them on the street, I'd still say hi. I'd still talk to them because I've, I've decided a long time ago, work's not worth doing if it's not fun. 
I can think of one encounter of one person that was a project manager that I would never care to see again. But other than that, and I've worked with a couple hundred bosses over my career, really, because of the business I've chose to go into consulting work. In addition to bosses, I've had clients that are tough and, and I charge them more. I'm like, okay, this is a problem client. I'm going to charge them more just to deal with them. Just like if I had a tough boss, I would have to be paid more to deal with it. Yeah. So. I really, I really like that. And I think something that's come out for me, or at least a way to say it now, is that there's no such thing as like an inherently good or an inherently bad boss. Um, I guess fundamentally, though, the question I have, Ashton, is do we think people are trying to do the right thing? Right. So, and and that kind of comes to my first my first thought. Because well, there are bad... Uh, let me go on the record. If you are in a bad relationship, and what I mean by that is there are abusive bosses. I've seen them. I worked for one. Do you know what I mean? I'd still say hi to him because I've got over it. Do you know what I mean? I was childish too. But but the reality is is he's a bully. He was, he is, he was a bully. He is a bully. And he probably treated other people like that because I watched him. If he liked you, he was nice. If he didn't like you, he was mean, right? But to your point, I think there's inherently good people. And the vast majority of people you try and enact with are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I guess I misspoke. What I was trying to say is that the name boss or teacher doesn't insinuate that there's a bad person oh, behind that label. Gotcha. Yes. But that's a very good call out. If you're in a bad relationship, <laughs> get out. Um, because Or, or it's, report it to HR. You right. know, there, there's a lot of different avenues. Right. To, but to, if, yeah. if someone's just abusive, it's not going to help you. Um, but and, and I, if the company doesn't respond to it, then, then they're not going to listen. Right. So it's time to, to your point, Ashton. They're, especially right now, I think they're saying that over 30% of the people are going to be looking for new jobs. There's a lot of opportunities. So be willing to try something new. So we're going to take the perspective in this, hopefully, that you're in a relationship that perhaps just needs a little bit of ironing, a little bit of smoothing over. It's not an abusive relationship, um, and that's kind of the perspective we'll take here. And I think the first point that really struck me as I was doing research is that no one cares more about that relationship than yourself, really. No one cares if you and your boss have a good relationship except for you. I mean, someone might, but you will care the most more than anyone else. As the employee... As an individual, I mean, because if you're if you're if you are going to school or you're going to work and your relationship isn't good with your boss, that's something that affects you every minute that you're in in that environment. And so you are the one that has to care about that relationship. So because if you're thinking about this, like, well, I, I don't like my boss. That's that's your relationship. You care about that fact. Care doesn't inherently mean you like it, but it's just, yeah. You care about your relationship, whether it be negative or positive. Interesting. So if you're to the point where it means something to you, then nobody cares more than you. Because if you're just going to work for a paycheck and you're like, look, I don't interact with my boss. I don't see my boss. Right? Because some people have jobs like that. that they just go into work. How, how, when you're pulling groceries, how often did you see your boss? Hello. If you're listening to this right now, that means you're currently listening to an episode of Adulting Decrypted. And let me just say thank you. My name's Ashton, one of the hosts of Adulting Decrypted, and I wanted to steal a quick second of your time to do a shameless little plug. If you've listened to our podcast for any sort of time, you know that we talk about a bunch of different stuff all about adulting. Because our goal is to help individuals in this task we call adulting. Now, 
we have just revamped the way that we do this. If you go to adultingdecrypted.com, you can see all of our episodes sorted out by category. We've sorted it into financial, practical, emotional, social, and things just for fun. So, if any of those categories are of particular interest to you right now, you can go onto the website, look through there, and see all of our episodes that correlate with that specific thing. This website's completely free to use. It's just another tool for our listeners to find things that are more important to them now. So, for example, if I was looking at it, I'd scroll through and say, hey, you know what? I want to see what the Adult Encrypted crew has talked about socially. Well, one of our first episodes, season one, episode three, how do I talk to people? That's where we talked about all about to talk to people. So if that's something you want right now, you can go find that right now. Also in this one, season three, episode 15, The Power of a Humble Mediator, where we talked to one of my old bosses about his business as a mayor, also as a small theater owner. Some really cool stuff. So, if you're looking for a better way to organize through all your self-help podcasts, try adultingdecrypted.com and enjoy the rest of the episode. When you're out, when I was out picking... I like never saw them unless there was a problem. Interesting. Inherently talking to you if there was yeah. a problem. Right. But even in, I guess what I'm saying is in those moments, someone that's watching the conversation will be like, Oh, that's a conversation. Oh. But you're in the conversation. You care you. about gotcha. it. Gotcha. You're vested at that point right. in time. No one else, no one else has the ability to care more than you because it is your life, your communications, your interests. So weird question. And this is as somebody who has, employees and have had I've had a lot of employees at a lot of different times do you think that's a two-way street for example you might care more about your boss's relation you're in your boss's relationship than your boss cares about the boss and your relationship mm-hmm. and that's what do you uh, mean and, th- and that's what I'm trying to say too okay. is that like you have to take ownership as yes. an employee talking to your boss you have to take a little bit more of an uh driver's Right. Like, like the, this is your relationship. You've got to nurture and develop. Right. Just I like, like in, like, just like in school, no one cares more about your grade than you do, except for maybe your parents. But <laughs> no one can do anything about it except for yourself. I like that. Yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that, to be honest with you. So uh, at least not in a while. Yeah, and and I guess for our listeners as well, um, in part of this research, one of the main resources that I'll be pulling from is thebalancedcareers.com. dot com. Okay. Some good, some good uh, things on that website. Shout out, yeah. woot woot, um, Gideon, let's not, say. not a sponsor. Um, Can be. No. <laughs> hey, thebalancedcareers.com. Reach out to us. Hey, um, so I guess the point being, you are in charge of your relationships, and in this context, you are in charge of whether or not that relationship. That's not right. You're in charge of whether or not you treat your relationship responsibly. You can't dictate what your boss does, but you can work on effectively. So I want to approach some things that we can do to foster, uh, hopefully foster a better relationship. So the the first point that I wanted to bring up is consider your boss and their feelings. Um, A lot of times when we come up against conflicts, it's because an employer is changing something and you don't like how it's changing. And I'll use this as an example. I, as I'm thinking, I, I was talking at the dinner table um, about how my experience at work is kind of 
like I'm putting these two things together and I was like, I'm probably not going to share because people at work listen, but I've done the math. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be far away from that situation. So I'll talk about it. Um, but so, but you can leave names out. Of right. It, so. For sure. Yeah. Nothing personal. I just, I mean, I don't want to go to work the next day and then be like, oh yeah, okay. Then nice to know. Um, but hopefully it'll be resolved because I'll, I'll have thought about this. Basically we, um, at work, we have a board that tells people what to do in the back room, and then everyone that's not on that board goes out to the floor and picks picks groceries. And what normally happens is the people that come in at 5 o'clock organize the board, and then everyone else just kind of goes on their way. Um, recently, the managers have decided to start focusing on lunch times when people are leaving. Because when you have 10 people on the floor, if 8 of them are going to lunch at the same hour you're going to fall behind on and pulling things off the floor. And so it makes sense to organize those lunches. But what they've started doing is organizing the board's lunches as well, which doesn't make sense to most of us that work back there because if someone's covering you on that board, then, you know, it's been taken care of. But the other issue with that is after we've organized the board, they come in and just dictate the lunches without changing the board. And it creates for scenarios that, that don't line up. Um, and so for me, the first thing that came to mind is, am I consider what considering what the boss is, is trying to accomplish, you know, because like his goal or their goal would be to create a work environment that's constantly being productive. If too many people are gone at one time, it's not going to be productive. Uh, it, not just only productive action, but maybe to hit uh, customer need, right? So because a lot of times we we misconstrue the word productivity with with hitting goals and deadlines and and it could be that the fact that hey if all seven people take a lunch at the same time to your point you're missing orders right there could be two or three or four different reasons it's a good point it's a good point and so yeah first first consider their feelings consider where they're coming from and one of the one of the challenges here with approaching this sort of conversation with someone who's in charge of you is they can tell you what to do. You know, they they are the ones who are responsible for you continuing to work there, um, and and that's important to your paycheck or your grade if it's if it's a teacher, and it can feel often one sided. So um, if we take proactive measures, we'll be able to mitigate some of that tension. But I guess my question to the uh, the table <laughs> would be um, tell me about your relationships with teachers actually Gene and Gideon specifically have you had teacher relationships that don't feel one-sided do they all feel one-sided and what kind of determines that for you guys actually so I have a really well I had it's um, we're actually in the summer right now so it was last year I had a really great science teacher and he was always like always nice and cared about what we were doing and I was like up helping helping people and he actually kind of made me enjoy the subject just because he was into it and he made it really fun and there's other subjects like just some of the other core classes like geography or math where it would really just be hey you have to do this and like just they don't care about what they do they just care that you get it done and that you get a decent score and so what, what to you makes that a two-sided relationship? I'm not sure of your question. What to you makes it so that that teacher's not talking at you, but it feels like they're working with you? Um. So 
with that teacher, it would be some one-on-one contact. So he would like go up to specific people's desks that ever needed help or something like that where you he made it feel like you care or he always had something interesting and he was like the definition of a chill teacher like but he still cared about what you did so it was like a mixture of actually caring but still like not super tight well i feel like i've had like one or two teachers where it's two side but most of the time it's one sided because it they're most likely going to be at the front of the class. You're most likely not going to see them anywhere else. And so that's all one-sided is how you feel about the teacher because the, most of the time teachers don't go and like individually bring out people and go, okay, so what's your life like? Let me get to know you a little bit better. It's more general like, hey, what do you guys do over the summer? Well, they're just doing their last-minute changes, if that. But like one teacher that I know is really – two-sided in those relationship is my old theater teacher miss Rhodes, because she like is constantly just talking out to like anybody like where if they just come into the class she wants to figure out stuff about you and it's constantly working towards your success so do you feel like you had a good relationship with her as a teacher yes i did and it, it was nice because she cared about what she was talking about and if she didn't care about it, it wouldn't be in there because she doesn't have anything that she has to cover. Mm. So so what did you do then to help that be a good relationship, do you think? Like you personally? It's a slightly more difficult question to answer, but I'll do my best. I feel like for me personally, I've... like try to be more attentive in her class and make sure to not to do anything to disrupt other things, try to help her around any of the projects that we happen to be doing at the time and just making it so it's easier for her while it's still being beneficial for me as well. You know, and actually as as you're talking about it, it's a good answer. And as I'm thinking about it, like whether or not it was conscious, you recognize that that teacher was doing things reaching out to you but when they ask they're like hey we need students to show up at this time at the school in order to be ready for rehearsals you're like yep got it you know I'm gonna do my best to be there because I know that you respect me therefore I respect you and so one of the biggest things that I always came across when when I was doing my research is that trust is probably the biggest key foundation to developing a positive um, relationship in that arena and I guess dad for you what because because you're in a position where you've had employees and you've been the employer what garners a trustworthy relationship for you you know that's a that's a great question ashton and and there's a book uh the speed of trust that stephen covey wrote or uh, stephen covey or or one of the coveys um it was his son that's who it was stephen covey jr um anyways the Speed of Trust book talks about how there's two types of trust. It's one that, that you're competent, that I know that you can do the job, right? And then the other one is your character. So um, a, a good analogy for this is, Ashton, I trust you. You know, I, I know your character. I know that you're going to get things done when you say you're going to get things done. I know you deliver on time. 
but I'd be really scary if I got in an airplane and you were the pilot. <laughs> because even though I trust you, and I trust you, you know, you drive my the kids around, you have access to the safe, you know, you have access to some of the most important things that I personally have because you're trustworthy, but you're not a competent pilot. Maybe you're, I haven't seen you fly, so I assume last, you're not. Last I checked, I am not capable of flying an airplane. So, right, yeah. right. And so, and so even in my simulator that I use, I can't, I'm, I fail as <laughs> the plane most of the time. So it's probably fair that you wouldn't trust me behind a plane. Right. And so, and so <laughs> that's the two type of trust. So when I look at an employee, to go back to answer your question, the first one, are you going to show up on time? Are you going to be trustworthy in the sense that you're not going to steal, you're not going to cheat, you're not going to rob? Right, and so I'm like, hey, I've got trust in you as a, as an individual, in your character. But then, second, can you do the job that's being asked? And are are you trustworthy, competent in that regard, to do the, to, to be competent in order to do it? So that, and and the hard part I think when I talk to an employee, is there's times that they feel like, well, don't you trust me? It's a valid question, but we haven't been together long enough. We haven't done said process together long enough. So I I don't know if you're trustworthy in character and I might not or might or might not know if you're competent in the job, you know, to be trustworthy. So in that, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, no, no, but in that situation, it. would you tell them no? Be like, no, I don't? Because uh, really the answer I'm hearing is no. The, the conversation is like this uh, because I, I'm a little bit different of a boss. I've decided as I've watched the way I approach people, I will get very black and white with somebody. I'll say, this is what has to happen. I don't care what you're telling me. And they look at me and they're like, excuse me? I'm like, Ashton, the board came down from the directive of, of upper management. I don't understand the why necessarily behind it either. You just have to do it. Okay? So there's times that that conversation has to happen because there's so many variables. And then there's other times that go, Ashton, what do you think we're trying to accomplish here? Do you know what I mean? And so if you ask me, do I do, do you trust me? I'd say, yeah, absolutely, because you've got both things. But is it okay if I still coach and help you land this plane? Right. right. I use that that plane analogy at work all the time in, in my current position because, it, to me, it's very relevant. Once you lift the plane off the ground, the thrust, the, the, the flight attendants, there's not much for the pilot to do. The <laughs> pilot can go and just kind of keep – all they're doing is data checking – yeah. But when it's time to put the plane down and to f- close up the shift and to finish the process and, and do all the check all the boxes and do all the right things, you need a competent pilot that's not distracted. You know, and so so it's not really a fair answer that I've given you because there are times absolutely I say, sorry, I can't trust you because because I just haven't worked with you long enough to know that you're a competent pilot. And it's not that you don't trust someone. It's just like I haven't. But but but, but I use it very. I'm like I just haven't seen you perform this. Do I think you can get there? I I don't. I have I have one person that works for me now that I was pretty candid with. That the first four weeks you were here, I was very nervous if you were uh, going to be a competent pilot. Watching you now, I know you're a pilot. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And and so they've earned that trust. So I think that's something that's really important to explain to people. The harder one for me to re- re- be real candid with you is if you create character trust. Because I naturally give that out. Mm-hmm. I assume nine times out of ten, pure intent. Do you know what I mean? There's every once in a while, my bias kicks in. Do you know what I mean? Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, that homeless guy is just going to go um, 
buy himself a steak dinner or or has a nice car down the street. You know what I mean? So 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 I'd like to say, hey, I'm always like, I trust you. I think, you know. But there's a lot of times if you say, hey, man, I ran into traffic. I'm going to be late. I'm going to be like, cool, real intent, real, you know what I mean? Yeah. But come to find out there's been no traffic and you use that every day. I'm going to be like, hey, buddy, you probably should just get up earlier. <laughs> you know you what know I mean? You know there's no traffic at 3.30 right. in the morning, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> so so that trust is, 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 I think it's harder for me to give out character trust and a lot easier for me to give out job trust. Because all you have to do is do the job once right. And I'm like, you got the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're capable. You're competent. You've proven that. You've proven that. And then there's times when it gets really dicey out there and there's weird stuff going on that I'm going to be like, okay, just because you haven't been through this scenario before, let me talk you through some. There's ice on the runway. You know, you've landed this plane a hundred times, but it's never been ice on the runway. Let's talk through it real quick. And and you tell me what you're going to do. Because I I, I don't want to make the decision every day. I want you to make the decision so I'm freed up to do fun stuff, different stuff, enjoyment stuff. But if I have to explain to you the way I think every time and you're not getting it, then I don't think you have the, the competence in, in, the, in the process. And, and I get really frank with people and, and rub some people really the wrong way and other people like it, but it's just who I am. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I, uh, this is going to be backtracking a little bit. And Gene and Gideon, this will be good for you too because this is often seen in, in a uh, teacher relationship uh, or in most adult relationships to, to young younger adult um or children relationships um but i feel like one of the big concerns because this this was a request and um one of the concerns a lot of people have is with this is an adult yeah just our our listeners know this is one that somebody requested us to talk about we should have led the led the conversation with this that's what led ashton to, to research it and then as he's researching, he's like, oh. I'm learning things. <laughs> I might not be the best at this. So so we appreciate being challenged by our listeners. So keep keep reaching out. Keep pinging us. It makes us think different. For sure. Yeah, and it's it's good because it's a little bit selfish too. I get to learn more <laughs> from the podcast. Um, but so I think one of the biggest problems people have with management, at least seeing it from my perspective at work right now, is when a boss does come and say, look, this is the way it's going to be. I don't have to tell you why. So just do it. And people <laughs> hate that, particularly at, at Walmart right now. And I just, my my question is, what does a boss have to do to earn a trust for an employee to do that? Or is it some point where they just like, you have to like stop caring about your employee and their feelings and you just do it. Or, I mean, does it, does that question make sense? What I'm trying to communicate? Well, well, I think it does. I think, I think, I think that the question is when do you really let the tower make the call? Right? Because if you're really piloting this or you're really running this, when do you absolutely let the, pe- the, 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 the tower say you're wrong, you're landing the plane. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Is that? Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'll use a bit of a real world example for me. Like, okay. I love having the why behind something totally because agree. I will a hundred percent get behind it. For example, without going into too much boring process of work, please, um, <laughs> you know, like, please minimum. Well, it's just funny to details. me because we do a lot of the same stuff. Just, just, it's just different how it faces. Right. I mean, warehousing is Walmart. I do warehousing for a living, you know, so it's just fun for me to, to have these conversations at dinner to say, wow, I see the world is so different because of, it could be because where I'm at, could be because what I studied, you know what I mean? Could be a hundred different reasons, but go ahead. But uh, now I have to remember my example. Oh, yes. So we were getting in trouble in, at work for not getting enough of the 
asked for items. And so a common solution for the, the bosses for a long time was just to message our group chat and be like, hey guys, do better, you know, which is great, but... I mean, when they, everyone's it's they like, get best. yeah, yeah, it's like, d- d- do better. Like, every time you do something, people are like, yep, just do better. And I was like, but I don't know how. And then a couple of weeks ago, they made a huge change. They made a, they added probably about five or six steps to this one process, slowed the process down by almost an hour, two hours. But it's solving their problem, and they gave us a very specific why. So for me, that was really easy. I'm like, look, it can be harder. I can complain a bit about it, but at the same time, I really can't because I know why we're doing it and I can respect that it's changing and helping a process. Flip side, with this thing that I brought up earlier, lunches and whatever, I don't remember how much detail I went into, um, but the boss quite literally said, this is what we're doing because I want to do it. And I, and I was trying to express myself saying, you realize that this is now going to create more problems here. He's like, just leave for your lunch. I was like, all right will do see you later and I, I mean about five minutes into my drive I'm like I'm not gonna let it bother me I'm just gonna go back to work and that day I figured out a way to have more fun and not worry about it but I don't feel like I can trust that manager to say do this just because I said so because as an employee I'm seeing things that are now being now going wrong because of that and so I wonder as a manager, how do you create that trust? Or as an employer, as a student, how do you decide to fix that relationship, that uh, rift? Going out on a limb here, from a manager's perspective, how I would try to do it, is if I knew I'd have to make a certain change later, that I don't know if it's going to work or not, and I don't really have a justification. I just want to see if it's going to help in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to try to make smaller other changes that I know the wife for. And so that they can be like, oh yeah, he has okay reasoning. And so that when you make the bigger, harder change, people are going to be like, okay, I don't completely understand, but I know that you've made um, changes in the past and they've worked. And if not, you change it decently quickly. And so I'll work with this one and just see where it goes. But as an employee standpoint, I guess you just kind of have to, you kind of can't do anything at that point. If you've tried to express yourself, you just kind of have to be like, fine, I guess I'll see where this leads. And if it's wrong, I'm going to complain about it again later. But that's not today. Right. I and maybe tried. not to your managers, but to the fellow employees, which brings yeah, which creates even more resentment. And I've been witness to managers complaining about other managers to employees, which is a terrible working relationship. But th- for me, I don't understand whenever saying to employee, this is what we're doing because I said so makes sense. As an employee, I know that means something to you, Dad. I know there's something there. What, the smirk? The smirk? The, the gives smirk. Gideon, Gideon, I want to hear from Gideon first because this is, this. is he said, and I quote, this makes me want to run into the woods and hide. Is that? <laughs> not, I did not say that. Run that into the woods and live quote. in the woods is what he said. I would, I would want to live in the woods with <laughs> not just nobody else controlling my life. I am self-sufficient, but yeah. Hey, this this honestly, and, and the reason why I'm smiling because this is honestly why I've left big money jobs and why there's times that I stay at low, low money jobs because when somebody tells me it goes back to my mom when I was little and she'd say, I'm the mom. That's why 
she tried to always give me the why, but I'd be the little kid that would run in, and this is her favorite story, so Grandma, uh, thank you for your support, or Mom, um, I'd run into the house, and I'd be dancing. She goes, go to the potty. Why? Uh, you know, my mom's trying to be nice. She goes, uh, because you have to go potty. Why? Well, because you were thirsty, and you drank water. Why? Well, because when you're outside, you're probably playing, and you got... You needed water just so you could keep playing. Well, why? Well, because you like being outside with your friends. Why? I'm the mom. Go pee. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Because at some point in time, if not, I pee myself. Right? <laughs> and there's times that as a manager, he's like, Ashton, the board's up there. I'm launching it. Go take your lunch or you're going to mess us all up. So I have ha- I'm guilty of this. Right? That's why I love the podcast because... Anybody that listens knows that I'm, I will be the first one to throw myself under the bus. I have had a turn to an employee say, this is not the time and place. I would love to discuss this. Find me when I have more time and then we'll, we'll book a time and we'll get back together and talk about it. But right now, I just need you to go take your lunch. And, and, and there's other times that I'm like, hey, I hope you trust me because I've shown my success in the past like Gene's talking about. Let's go launch this new one. But I am in change management, which means I go into a building and I'll look at it and say, okay, how do I want to change it? What do I want to improve? And I find the best way to do that is to give a stated objective and let the team members have some input, right? And then try and help them strategize just like we did on our podcast of where do we want to take it? And that way the buy-in becomes that much easier. Does that make sense? Um this is this is this is gospel by Roscoe 101. Two things. One is that stroke of the pen change is easy. What I mean by that as a boss is I come in tomorrow and say, you will all be here at eight o'clock. Okay, that's easy, right? That's easy, black and white. Start time is now eight. Now, you come in late, then the discipline and all that kind of follows. It is what it is. The hard part is when I come in and say, hey, I need you to put the bas- the grocery baskets on the left. You've always put them on the right. I need them on the left because that's going to lead to this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this, and this. Do you know what I mean? So I always say that that, that, that culture, that shifting of the process, the shifting of the mentality is the hard part. The stroke of the pen was easy, right? And, and I think by changing the start time to 8, I'm going to get more attendance. But if you guys as employees balk at that and still want to be in at 8.30, I stroke the pen, but all of a sudden everybody leaves. Did it fix my problem? Probably not, right? And so that's where we have to step back and go, what's the root cause? What am I really trying to solve here? And to your point, when you add 15 steps, and I know we talked about this over dinner, but but for those who weren't listening, they added multiple steps to ensure that things were were right in one area, but they totally broke on-time delivery or, you know, yeah, or a whole other customer pickup. Fell apart. Yeah, because... because because whoever was doing it was was a middle or low level manager who was either forced to or wouldn't take employee input. And there's a time sometimes that you just have to say, guys, it is what it is. We don't have a choice. Do you know what I mean? And so, and, and then I say, these are the rules. How do we play within them? And how do we win? Because really, at the end of the day, I don't care if you're picking groceries or if you're running the grocery store. You want the W and feel like you did something good and go home. You want to feel like you add value. Once you stop feeling like you had add value, you get into that bickering and arguing with your associates. You know what I mean? You're talking your bad about each other. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, if you don't feel like your teacher's adding any value to you, you're bored of the class. It could be something, Gene, I remember one time you came home and go, I hate history. Do you remember this, this conversation? Not exactly, but I'm guessing, I think I know exactly what class uh, it was. <laughs> you know the teacher too, right? We And, and unfortunately, oh, you yes. all had to suffer through it. Not like idiot, because he retired the same year I left. <laughs> so anybody listening that can put that math together, it's pretty impressive. But 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 I had to turn to him and say, you don't hate history. You love Greek mythology. You're fascinated by the U.S. history and the Constitution. You hate the way it's being taught, right? Just like you might love a job, but you hate the way it's being executed. That's something that... It goes with that really well, is that next year, you probably heard me say a lot more about history, because I had one of my favorite teachers, besides Rhodes, his name's Clayton, and he just is really cool, he just like loves old music, and you know, he just totally likes what he teaches, and he's like totally comfortable with the students, like with Gideon, it's like a chill teacher, but he still like gets things done, it's really great. Right, and 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 that's the point. Is the the message was presented different, and so we grew up thinking we like one thing or another thing, but it's really based on how it's presented. How it's to go back to what you're talking about, Ashton is is the why, right? So if if you're if you're a employee, I think this is where it started at is saying if I'm the employee, I've got to try and understand where the boss is coming from, right? Then if I as the boss have tried to explain it and you're not not hearing, you know, and, and I've asked for you to restate it. And you're just so, because I get one kid that's like this that just keeps restating the same problem over and over. I'm like, okay, I can keep talking to you, right? Cause it, but we've got to put this to bed. You've got to go do what I asked you right. to do. At some point, you're going to wet your pants. I need you to go to the restroom. <laughs> you know, and, I, and, I'm, and to be honest, Ashton, I'm going to start using that as one of my analogies. And uh, be, Because the truth is, it's, it's a great point. I've told you two or three reasons why and what I'm trying to accomplish but if you can't see it and I can't do a good job at painting it, let's let's give it a break. Come back and come back after come back the next time you have to go potty and we'll talk about it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe I'll come up with a better idea of how to explain it. Right. You know, and, and that leaves me with a with a couple of thought I mean not leaves. We're not quite finished yet, but it sends me into a couple of different thoughts. The first one is like if you're complaining about something but you don't have a solution for that thing, or you're not willing to find a solution for that thing, it's probably not worth your time to be complaining about. Might as well just have to deal with it. Um, because for me, like, one of my rules when it came to dealing with my managers when we disagree is I do my very best not to complain to other employees. And I've failed at that the past couple days, I know for sure. But when the first day really went down and I was heading home to lunch, I was like, okay, look, if I'm going to complain about this, I need to have a solution. So I spent some time thinking about it. And I was like, I don't have a solution that I haven't already offered, so I'm not even going to think about it anymore. Like, I'm not going to deal with it. That's very mature. And and, and and really, that's hard for a lot of us because when you said that, I think of five things that have piss, uh, upset me. <laughs> See, guys, I Sorry, do Mom. better. <laughs> that have upset me this week that I've had to say, the problem is, Ashton, I think I have the solution. But nobody's listening. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, doesn't matter. Your point's valid. I love that you just said, put it away. The other thing I do, and and this is something that I'm working on, and and it's something I read almost every morning, is I choose not to talk bad about others, right? Because I am not not talking bad about you know, right? I'm not. I haven't hit the I am. I'm going back to what uh, uh, brother or uh, uh, Jerome taught us, Ball about Jerome. 
Jerem, thank yeah. you. I am, or I should, or I, you know. Yeah. It says I choose. I choose not to. Right. And, and and you know the other crazy thing that we don't give ourselves enough credit for? If you're trying to complain about it or you're trying to think about a solution, you really do care. And so, like, it's not a lack of caring. And I think sometimes managers see it as employees just trying to defy a manager's perspective but really it's an employee cares and they want it to want it to be accomplished so that's one but in order to direct that properly you need to align on the goals i think a lot of times the a place for animosity and and challenge can be that you were not properly aligned i have i have this quote from from that website i was talking about uh, the better college help i think is what it was um but it says there's a quote here the trouble comes when you think their expectations are unreasonable. Sometimes there's a sense that bosses are not fighting the right battles, so we dislike them. Instead of dwelling on that, you should try and see things from their perspective. Think about the world in which your boss is living, where those priorities make sense. And then from that point, signal to your boss that you're getting with the program. So yourself as an employer, as a student, you have to think, okay, why is this teacher making me write a five-page essay about historical fact that no one cares about you got to see from their perspective they're trying to teach you maybe not that fact but they're trying to teach you how to write a paper how to do research how to spend some time doing something other than Fortnite, you know <laughs> and or minecraft i guess um <laughs> uh, but yeah and so think about the goals of it um and if you're able to understand that if good and if you're not talk to your boss okay look like help me understand what your goal is because if i understand what your goal is i can get on board that's why i'm like it's frustrating to me that our big changes to our system have slowed down the thing that i spend most of my time with but at the same time i can appreciate it because i understand the goal and it's fulfilling that goal for me as an employee yeah i think i think that drives back to what mike um daniels was saying about try to see the other person's perspective Right, try and understand where they're coming from. Right, try to try to understand, and and really, we'd all live a more peaceable life if we could try and try and understand. Doesn't mean that you're going to be happy with it. Doesn't mean you even want to stay there, you know, because some changes will be like, hey, you guys, respect you, good luck to you. I'm out. Right, that was a mic drop, just so anybody. Yeah, that was do not drop these drops. Oh, do not drop. Okay. <laughs> I'm not oh. even allowed to turn the mic, so hey, we all have our we all have our bosses, Ashton. Oh, like I'm the boss. Whatever. I think you've told us the why though, because there's some crystal inside that if I break it, crystal. It's a diaphragm that's easy to break, but it's okay. Well, we won't get into it's it. It's not a crystal. I thought it was a magic crystal. It's, no, it's it, not. It's magic. a kyber crystal. You know what? You're right. Magic. He's right. It's it's magic. That's how this podcast. They're, works. they're all different colors on the inside. They come from different planets. Mine, mine's purple. Just saying. Are you guys? <laughs> driving coming, coming we getting, are see my bosses are not telling me why again i feel manipulated and used i'm so sorry I, please I, bring it up with hr we'll get to you shortly uh, <laughs> mom michelle mom. No. boys are picking on me again they're talking about crystals and i don't understand oh geez now i'm gonna forget what i wanted to talk about um <laughs> i lost you about a minute and a half ago i'm timing this time with with all the crystals uh oh yeah yeah yeah. okay <laughs> we're back yeah well it's because i remembered i got excited this is a buffering computer that's so, what his eyes are doing <laughs> i was loading yeah maybe we'll keep the pause in so they can hear it but no probably not um okay so the, the next thing that i had there was we've got Ashton off his A game. This is fun for us. I'm glad you enjoyed. I f- felt off for a while, but um, 
like for years or for minutes no i need to talk to germ personally um (laughs) but (laughs) come on so the other thing that i was going to say is do your very best not to be passive aggressive when dealing with a relationship this doesn't this doesn't come from the website this is one of my own personal ones um because i mean he he says passive aggressively (laughs) (laughs) but i mean if you think about it like think about a time someone's made a passive aggressive comment towards you immediately you decide you know what i am not interested in helping you with your problem please go on your way i'm gonna go on mine and we're not gonna talk about this anymore i mean same with just straight aggressive but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it'll at me if it comes off aggressive people normally don't like to stick around that i'm saying normally because i mean some people enjoy it <laughs> yeah I, I just to me there's a particular venom to passive aggressiveness that resides a lot longer than straightforward aggression does because straightforward aggression will just give you that little adrenaline hit and then you'll you'll have this argument and then eventually you'll be able to resolve it whereas passive aggressiveness i just feel like is is more personal it just doesn't it's not as it's it's meaner to me because like there's of course you think it's meaner (laughs) that felt kind of passive aggressive (laughs) that was was a good example yeah Uh, that was a good example well done yeah, so if if something's truly It's going to linger, it's going to bother him around about an hour and a half. Exactly. I'm going to come I'm going to come to your party or whatever you're going. I'm going to be like, "Look, we need to talk this out. I'm a bit concerned and it'll be fun." <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I brought HR. Here's mom. Let's talk. But when it comes when it comes to something that you feel like you need to be passive aggressive about, just be straightforward. You know, tell tell the boss and, and, and be honest and, and don't think of it as I have to prove you wrong, but more of like this is where I'm, my feelings are hurt and I'm not happy with this right now. Yeah, more of a seek to understand and more of a try to get on the same page. And and let's be honest, there, there's one thing I think a lot of people overlook is the timing, right? Mm. Uh, your boss trying to get you guys out to lunch to execute his new plan, it might not be the best time to approach him. And say, hey, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> right. Instead okay. you say, cool. You know, and then you might come back and say, hey, the the way you made me feel with that was that I'm not as important because now I'm taking a half hour lunch earlier or I wasn't hungry or, right. do you or know what I mean? like, whatever. Do you see the problem of that cause? This is the uh, you this use is all the communication stuff we've talked about. But right? this yeah. isn't right. But your point is being now the Sorry, time when he's trying to get you to leave is not the time to talk about it, which is um, in- incredibly fair. Um yeah, and I guess the last thought that I had, unless anyone else had something, and just just before you go to your last thought, um, as somebody who's made a lot of mistakes leading people and had a lot of wins, right? Um, I'm gonna say I have a lot more wins than I have losses, but I do have some losses. Um, as somebody that that has done those, remember that your boss is a person too, and there's gonna be times that they make a mistake, that they were out of line, um. It's okay to forgive them and move on and let them rebuild that trust just like they're trying to rebuild the trust with you. Um, and then sometimes by having your boss be very direct with you, thank them and say, now I understand the company's stance or your stance. Even though you don't like it, thank you. Now i got to go make my decision. Does that make sense? There's too many opportunities. There's too much career. There's too much. There's just too much to waste your life in something that is not helping you hit your plan A. But remember, people are bosses are people too. Right. That's a bumper sticker. Go that, ahead. That goes well That's into the next thing that I wanted to mention is that 
you can't always just talk about problems at work. I mean, all of us get sick and tired of, like, talking about school all day every day, talking about work all day every day. It gets old for everyone. Not It gets old for you. It gets old for your teacher. It gets old for your boss. So find something that helps you bond. You know, talk about, talk to your boss, find something that they're interested in and let them talk about it. You don't have to pretend you're interested. Maybe your boss is really into underwater basket weaving and you're really not. That's okay. You don't have to pretend you are. That's, you become a suck up and that's almost as bad as passive aggressiveness. But listening to them and saying, you know, that's, that's cool. Like, tell me more about that sport. You know, I've not familiar with it at all, actually. But you can have this... I don't think underwater basket weaving is a sport, Gideon. That's what I was going to say. This yeah. is a hypothetical situation, so it's okay. Okay. All right, so your boss... It's a timed is, event. Yeah. And graded at the end. It's like yeah. judged and timed. So, okay, gotcha. So it's not a sport, but it is an activity that actually happens. Kind of like marching band, but yeah, go ahead. Sure, exactly. <laughs> Golfer. So... <laughs> <laughs> I agree, not a sport. Good activity. Yeah. Passive yeah. aggressiveness. See, that wasn't fun, was it? Oh. Yeah. Okay. So. Except Dad agreed with you. So it was fine. <laughs> it was deflection. Point being, <laughs> um, the point is connection. You know, if you can get along with your boss, at least on some level, it's good. Um, like my boss and I the other day, we stopped talking about the problem and he started talking about him raising his kids and something that he loved about that his dad really did. And then, you know, I really appreciated that moment and it kind of let me understand, Hey, look, we're both like learning and we're both growing and I have to take this moment to appreciate it rather than just thinking about, Hey, look, there's this problem in the workplace that we don't agree on, you know, and a lot of people don't agree on. We can take that moment of, uh, separation from it and, and enjoy that relationship together. So, bottom line of this episode being, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow, but in order to fix a relationship between you and your boss, you got to do something. You can't just tell them that something's going wrong. So, in in conclusion, find ways to align on goals. You know, if you're going to complain about something, come with a solution or don't complain about it. It's not worth your time, personally. Your bosses are people, too, and you are the only one who cares about that relationship as much as you do. And so... Again, that hard pill is something that, you know, you have to fix it. Only you can fix it. And, you know, appreciate the effort that you do take. And when it doesn't work, don't say, well, I failed. But if you took the effort, you took the effort. And that's all that matters. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on the topics, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com. Our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you would like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adults. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, 
the special song from Gene and Gideon. Like an adult. Uh, find working with my boss for the very first time. Like an adult. Resolving conflict through the wise. Through the Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Adult and Decrypted. We really enjoyed having this week's conversation, and we hope you did as well. If you ever want to comment on a topic, you can send us a message to our website, adultingdecrypted.com, our email, adultingdecrypted at gmail.com, or through our Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn accounts at adultingdecrypted. If you have any topics for the show that you would like us to talk about, or if you are a parent and want us to talk about something your kids should know, send us a message on any of the accounts mentioned. If you'd like to be a guest or have an idea for someone you think we should have on our show, feel free to send us an email detailing your thoughts to adultingdecrypted at gmail.com. Adulting is teamwork. We have merch. If you want to show off your Adulting Decrypted pride, check out our website, adultingdecrypted.com, or our partner website with shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash adulting dash decrypted. Lastly, if you enjoyed the show, please consider supporting us on our Patreon at Adulting Decrypted. Along with the benefits that come with our Patreon, and trust us, there are some pretty good ones in there, you will not only be helping us continue in the effort to make great content, but you will be part of a community of individuals all trying their best to adult. We appreciate you listening, enjoying, and leaving your positive reviews. Now, the special song from Gene and Gideon.